Bam. Bam, bam. We're live. Shit, I have the wrong camera. Something's not right. Damn it. I have too many. Damn it. Something's not right. Something's not right. <laughs> How's that? I, I mean, you tell me. I think I have that great. Oh, <clears throat> open. That's what it is. Okay. This guy who was in, in uh, the other studio, he said, my first time tuning into a live show ends in five minutes. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Clearly his you'll, fault. De La uh, Pine was his name. So you'll learn. Again. You'll learn. Okay, so listen, this is what just happened. We, we... Superman. Hi. I, I mean, I, I, didn't, I don't even have a picture of Jake on this computer. I'm on a different computer. This isn't the computer I set the streams up on. Hi, Alex. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mr. Mr. Gearin the third here before Heidi word. Um, it, uh, so I didn't have a picture of him. So I just thought, you know what? Fine. He's Superman. It's my show. I'll call him whatever I want. He is kind of like a Superman. <laughs> I, I thought about putting super Jew, but I don't know if he's Jewish. So I didn't want to make a presupposition, <laughs> but he's got that hair. If you dig through his Instagram. Oh man, I have too many windows open. So I was looking at, um, while we wait for him, I was, uh, I saw this, did you guys ever read um, 1984? Long yeah. time ago. Yeah, long time ago, right? I must have been a knucklehead when I read it because I don't. Rem- I, I it didn't it didn't resonate with me at all. I mean, I just wanted to party. But I just like it how how he nailed it. Education meant indoctrination. Freedom of speech meant approved speech. Globalism meant one world government. Global warming. And climate change means redistribution of wealth. Income equality means redistribution of wealth. Progressive means regressive. Resistance. What are you reading anarchy. from? Uh, just some website that like talks about like some of the topics and it, why it's so screwed up in 1984 in the book. Tolerance is really intolerance. I mean that that social justice is reverse discrimination. That's the world we live in. There's this whole. I can't believe some of the stuff people are saying these days. Did you see what Boris Boris Johnson said? Hey, I, I know it's hard to I'm paraphrasing. It's hard to exercise, so just and, and eat right. So just take the just take the drug. Can you imagine sending your kid to us? That's the opposite of leadership. What I didn't JFK say something like, ask what you can do for your don't ask what your country can do for do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. It take like take like and we've we're complete opposite of what JFK said. Everyone's just oh, well, doing what here. their country wants them to do. Hi, Jake. I apologize for. Oh, bye, Will. <laughs> Hello, Jake. Are you Jewish? No. Do I look it? Is that why oh. you ask? I. Yeah. I mean, you got just the thick mane, and you got the bun, and and then I saw a picture of your mom on Instagram, and I figure your mom could. Your mom looks like like you know like a psychology major at like some major college like professor. That's really funny. To say that she's a she's a horse farmer. She's a horse farmer. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There was a the a direction. The operations officer at CrossFit Inc. Uh, Bruce Edwards used to be a horse farmer. He did those little tiny horses, those Icelandic ones. We did not have. I had a pony, and when I was really young, it died in eighth grade. So. I'm sorry. It's okay. How did your How does a pony die? Colic. Most horses, if they die spontaneously die from colic so their intestines just twist around they can't untwist and then they rupture and become toxic um is, is that like stomach torsion yeah 
my, uh, I had a great Dane and that happened to him when I was in college. And, uh, I used my mom's, I rushed him to the hospital and used my mom's credit card to, um, get the surgery. It was like $7,000. Can you imagine trying to explain that to my mom? Yeah. We weren't rich or anything either. Grand. Yeah. And then, and then the dog got cancer and he had to have his leg removed. And that was like another five grand. I used my mom's credit card again for that. I wonder if my mom remembers that shit. Wow. I mean, I feel like she definitely remembers 11 grand. Well, <laughs> she, I don't know. She, she her memories slightly worse than mine. <laughs> uh, do you know, um, Brian friend? I do. I do. We were supposed to play some Frisbee golf, but, but we didn't get to. Yeah. <clears throat> Neither of our fault, really. No, it's not our fault. <laughs> what happened? That's a good point. Someone else dropped the ball. We will just let it be. <laughs> All right, we'll but, call them out. Like your Uber didn't show up? Pretty no. much. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. We, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's call him our Uber. <laughs> yeah, he's our Uber. He didn't show up. He didn't want to come. Jake, how old are you? 24. And you've been doing CrossFit since you've been 16? Yeah, pretty much since I graduated high school. Well, probably towards the end of high school. And, and, how, and how does someone like, how does a 16 year old find uh, CrossFit? Shouldn't you have been like smoking weed and hanging out at Taco Bell? I wasn't. I wasn't. No? Um, no. I started working out really early in like seventh grade. I was a fat kid. Oh, me too. Yeah. Were you really fat or are you just, just a little bit fat? I was just a little bit fat. I was too short to be really fat. I was like 5'3", but maybe 150 pounds. So I was, I was pretty circular. I have 5'3", 160 pounds at the age of 13. Yeah, that's that was in my me. notes. Hey, but you had a deadlift at 15 of 400 pounds. You do your research. Yeah, I did. And I was like 150 pounds. That was my first powerlifting meet. So I got into I got into working out because my dad, my dad's just like. A, I want to say I don't believe that, by the way. Don't believe what? 400, 400 pound pounds. deadlift at 15. There's a video of it. Clearly, you didn't research enough. It's on YouTube. Serious? Yeah. Will, are you on that? Yeah, I'm on. <laughs> Type in Super Jew, 15 years old, 400 pound deadlift, and see. So I, see, I put Superman in your title. We and did you see that? And so uh, I'm way too short to be Superman, but I no, you're that. Superman if you're deadlifting 400 pounds at 15. Um, well, maybe eight years later, he's only deadlifting 405. No, no, what? We're, we're up. There. You're where? Where are you now? Up above 500. I haven't tested it in a while. I don't max out that frequently. Do you think you're going to beat Colton? Fuck, we're coming in hot. Do you think we're, you're going to beat Colton Mertens at Wadapalooza? Is he competing? I don't even know who's competing. Oh, you fucking know he's competing. Don't, don't, you know exactly. I don't. I don't know the roster. Genuinely, I don't know the roster. <clears throat> you're terrified of him and Taylor Self. Do you want to know the roster? Do I want to know the if, roster? If you want to know the roster, then it's going to be a, a dicey game for you. <laughs> that's you that's at 15 <laughs> i was gonna say you look like more like a man at 15 than i did you were mexican when you were 15 you look like the rock at 15 no, my buddy ago i don't even know if i'm in this video well ago is jack yeah right there that's me is that that's oh, you hold on before you play that now do you know why i guessed you're jewish let me now because you know? of the hair dude so funny yeah. story um that was like I would get bullied all the time. Uh, I use that term really loosely, bullied. 
Dude, look at your back at 15. My God. Yeah. Okay, go on. Sorry, bullied, 15. Uh, No, people would just call me Jufro and make Jewish jokes. And it it wasn't funny to those that were actually Jewish. But to me, like I'm not Jewish. I'm Italian. So it it was all for naught. They didn't get much of a reaction out of me. Um, can we see him pull the two, the the four hundred? I want to see that. Let me see if I can find it. Jake, you're gonna have to direct me on the video. It's not uh, that one, right? Jufro derogatory. I don't know. I think it's just long curly hair. That's a Jufro. What is a Jufro? (laughs) When my hair grows out, it gets long like that and curly. I just don't want to use anything derogatory. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember what the work or what the video is called, Jake? Oh, okay. So Uh, according to JTA. If you just type in in Jake Marconi, 400-pound deadlift, it should be the first video. Jew is not a derogatory term. So why do so many people avoid saying it? As Jews around the world prepared for Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, President Trump wished his Jewish brothers and sisters a happy holiday. <laughs> yes, that quit. That quit. <laughs> anyway, he's not Jewish. He's, a, he's Italian. You're just a Marconi. Moving on. Yes. Yeah. Savan, you know, on the on Morning Chalk Ups confirmed athletes page, they have Jake Marconi listed fourth and Colt Merton 16th. Is there any, uh, do you think that's an omen or it's in ranked in order of who they think is going to win or what's, is it alphabetical? No. Nope, it's just, it's random. Or well, we could just say it's projections. Wow. Oh, okay, let's watch this. This is it. You did it in a meet? Yeah, it was in a powerlifting. It's my first powerlifting meet. Huh. And what? And what's your previous, um, and look at it's steel plates. Steel plate. Yeah, it was a powerlifting meet. They don't that, use bumpers. They don't still to this day? No, I competed in powerlifting for a couple of years at the front end of high school. So like eighth grade, ninth grade. 10th grade. Did you ever do uh, PEDs? No. Don't you? You don't have to do yeah, those to be in look that? like I did PEDs. I have no idea. Uh, I'll go, maybe. Uh, yeah, i go was Jack. He did not do PEDs. Uh, that was my, my best friend growing up. We were like brothers. He lived at my house for a little bit. Uh, what, we worked on the farm together. What was your previous PR before that, uh, before that lift, deadlift? I have no idea. I don't remember. I remember going and so we had a little, uh, that first video pulled up was the gym in my basement, my parents' basement. And I remember I was playing. So (laughs) I started playing lacrosse in eighth grade because my gym teacher was like, hey, you're too strong and too angry not to play a sport because I I didn't play any sports. I raced BMX, but I had quit sports. when I was. You were a fat kid that raced BMX? (laughs) Yeah. That's weird. Okay. I was fast. I had strong legs. Okay. All that weight. Um, so I played lacrosse and then I started doing insanity, you know, the like P90X Sean T videos. And then I started going into the gym after insanity and just trying to pull as heavy as I could off the floor. And then we had like, uh, I asked for Christmas for powerlifting, like a rack with spotter arms in it. And then I would set the spotter arms up around like my knees and do rack pulls as heavy as I could. And I started pulling like pretty far over 400 pounds and decided that I was going to try to pull it in a meet. So signed up for a deadlift only meet and went and did it. That's crazy. Were were your parents there? Yeah. My parents have gone to pretty much everything I've ever done. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, would you still do those rack pulls? They're super supportive. I haven't done them in a really long time. This is an old video. How old are you in this one? Uh, I think I'm 18 here because this is at full range where I train now um, in Providence. So I would be in college. I'm definitely a freshman you in college here. At full range is where you train, train now? Yep, full oh, range yeah. fitness. Dude, you got to update your um, CrossFit Games profile. What's it say? No one this updates is where, those. I know no one updates it, but <clears throat> this is where people go to, you know, no who saying. don't know anyone to find information. And it still says that you're training Ocean States CrossFit. Oh, okay. So what happened there is full range unaffiliated last year. I'm going to get a whole rash from Savon for this, but uh, full range unaffiliated last year. And so a neighboring gym here in Rhode Island is Ocean State. And so mm-hmm. I did the open there and then just competed under that name for this season, this past season. I approve. I, I, I'm, I'm. But the thing, you know, the thing about the thing is like when someone, if I, someone like me sees Ocean State CrossFit, I know a lot about Ocean State CrossFit because they've, you know, they've got a little bit of a history at the games yeah. or with the team at regionals. Uh, they've also had several good athletes who would compete, you know, on teams of three at Wadapaloozas type stuff like this. Um, I was on one of those teams. Yeah. And so, you, I mean, I know you know all those guys, but, and then of course, you know, Ray and Ashley had a little setback hiccup thing this year. Well, <laughs> end of the career basically for them. Anyway, so. Why? What happened there? That sounds good. Uh, they failed the drug test. Oh. He had kind of, a, he didn't think, he thought his competition days were over. And he was like really open about it. He started taking PDs because his pursuit, his pursuits were different at that point. Um, but then their team did really well. He stopped taking them, but it, you know, he still failed the test. Yeah. When, can you see this Pornhub site open over here in this <laughs> other window? No, we can't see my it. glasses. Nope. It was open from last night because we were talking about Pornhub in the show. Um, what PEDs was he taking? I can't remember, but it's documented. Uh, on the game site and on morning chalk up somewhere if you want, if you really want to know. Oh. If you're doing PEDs, don't, don't, um, don't get caught. Don't do the games. It's making it hard to argue with people who think like CrossFit is full of drugs. You're making it hard for me to argue. Cause like, I really believe it's not full of drugs. Do you believe it's not full of drugs, Jake? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Do you believe it's not full of drugs, Ryan? Uh, I think that th- that there's a majority of the athletes competing are not doing that and are even taking precautions, like sometimes extreme precautions, to make sure that they don't um, accidentally even fail a drug test. But I also do believe that there are people who are so close to making it and they're like so frustrated and close to make it that they are motivated to try a cycle of that here or there um, because, you know, it's almost like nothing to lose. Like, I'm not going to make it anyway. Like if and if I can get over that, this is how I always thought about it. If I can get over that hump, get to the games once, and and get away with it, then I might have a chance to get a sponsor. Then I might have a chance to extend my career, to to quit my job, and actually focus more on this. Like I think that mentality can creep into some of those that are really close to making it, but just not quite good enough. Yeah, I mean, if you're making, if you're like squeaking into the games and taking bottom of the field, it'd be pretty tough to make a career out of it. Anyways, yeah, well, so, that's, I think that that in, a, in some ways that's changing because of the way you can leverage that into maybe not your, the athlete being the main focus, 
but into creating a business that could that could you know within the space that could be profitable or something like that. Yeah, it's certainly changing. Like it's changing even from a couple of years ago. How about these girls who who have like eight hundred thousand followers and they're barely squeak they they don't squeak into the games. They just fall outside the games, um, and their whole account is just thirst picks. By thirst picks, I mean shots of them in bikinis that you're wondering like how is no pubic hair showing? Um, uh, are those people making a living? Are those full time sure. athletes? Yeah. They are. Yeah. How much do you I mean, make any money off your? Well, go ahead. Who knows? Who knows if they're making a lot of money or a living, but it certainly looks that way. Yeah, it does. And if they are, great. Power to them. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no judgment. I'm just trying to figure out. We had a Snorri on. Do you know who that is? Snorri Baron. Yep. And uh, he, um, I watched a pod. I didn't ask him on on the podcast he was on with me, but I watched one of his other podcasts, and he said uh, he thinks there's about 20 athletes who are full time CrossFitters. Meaning they don't have other jobs. He's probably a little more plugged into who is actually making a living out of it than I am, yeah. but I feel like that number's a little low. Uh-huh, me too. Me too. I would Probably. say that- And if that number is low, then people really shouldn't complain because I don't think the, the UFC has like five hundred and seventy people on the roster. And I and I, I would I would be very surprised if if half of them were full time fighters mm. and uh that they didn't have other jobs. And man, that's a big organization compared to CrossFit. Seventy people on their roster. I think so. Can you look that up, Will? Or just tell me to fuck off and I can look it up. Go ahead, Brian. Well, I don't think you have to speak louder for Will to hear you, first of all. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> and second, I think that that might be like a number of people who are, <clears throat> you know, making X salary annually because of it. But I think there's a like maybe another 100 or 200 that are doing it full time, but it's kind of like they're just waiting to, for the breakthrough financially. And they have a fixed window of which to wait or to try for sure. Are you, how do you, do you have a day job, Jake? Yeah, I work full time for HWPO. And is it just you and Matt who do HWPO? Uh, no, there's a bigger team, but as far as the programming side goes, yeah, it's me and Matt. And then we have a couple of other, Sammy is a huge part of the company. Um, and then we have like a, a photographer and then a couple other people that we hire out to. What's the photographer's name? Eric Castanos. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. he new? New to photography or new to HWPO? New to HWPO. Uh, no, we've been with him since the games. I was going to say, it feels like it's been at least four or five months. Yeah. He's good. He incredible work. He's really good. Yeah, he's really good. I agree. He's good. Jake, does do you he- do some of the media stuff too? Uh, no, I don't. I th- are you asking because of my Instagram? There's some some of my photos up there. No, I just I remember that. Uh, I feel like he's. <clears throat> they've just been like cycling through videographers in the off season. Like they haven't. It feels to me like they haven't found one that's stuck. No, so it's been mostly Eric. Um, oh, he does a video go, too. Okay, he does a lot of the video when we go to. So at the games, Vicky was with us. And he did a majority of all the video there. Uh, and then when we go to different events, there are just times where we bring in people who are available to help out. Like in Austin, we had a guy who was local to Austin who helped us out the whole oh, time. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, what was the guy's name you said who helped at the games? That's the old dude from Africa, right? He's from Australia. And I don't know how old he is. <laughs> I don't know if he's old and he's not from Africa, but his name is Vakey. 
South yeah, that's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, that's the same guy. Same guy. I'm, I'm cl- Listen, Australia, South Africa, it's like. Uh, that's pretty different. Down there. <laughs> down there. What do you mean he's not old? How old do you think that guy is? That guy's 45 easy. I have no idea. He might be 40. Maybe. He's good too, by the way. Yeah, he crushes it. Yeah, he and that, is he, and he a has hard a, worker? He has He's a everywhere. Style, yeah. too. He has a different style. He does really good work. I find that a lot of the creatives in the CrossFit space, I mean, that's mostly where I have experience, uh, are exceptionally hard workers. Like, they are grinding. Uh, just so you know, everyone can eat a dick. He's South African living in Australia. Thank you, Point Savon. Thank you, Vaults. Savon, you, you definitely knew that. You didn't get luckily bailed out on that one. Yeah. Uh oh! When you first deadlift, how much do you deadlift? Like I remember the first time I deadlift, I deadlift like ninety five pounds, and it was some guy in a Globo gym who taught me. He was deadlifting. I'm like, can you teach me how to do that? Honestly, I feel like it depends on how old you are. The older you get, the more scared of deadlift most people become. I'm terrified now. But I mean, when you were fourteen, and how old were you? Started deadlifting when you were fourteen or fifteen? Fourteen or fourteen? Yeah. Okay. I'm only five six. And did you do you remember how much the the weight the very first time you deadlifted was? Yeah, I want to say the first time that I ever tried to put as much weight on the bar as I could, it was like maybe 285, 300. Wow. Yeah. It took me years to build up to 300. I didn't deadlift till I was like 34. I remember it took me a month to get to like 135, and I was so excited. Do you think that was because you were trying to – I wasn't trying to do it like perfectly well, for the record. Like there was no – there was not a lot of uh, attention paid to form. No, I was just weak. I I was just weak. I, like I like I I could have never just pulled 185. What was your bench at 15? So my bench was not great. Uh, at 15, it was 225. Okay, and what's your max bench ever? 305. So it hasn't grown that much. I don't train it super frequently, though. I mean, in proportion to everything else that we do. Yeah, 305 still crazy. You do you like 305, Ryan? For bench press? Yeah. Man, I, I'm so bad at bench press. I, yes, 305 would be amazing. I got to grab my charger real quick. Is, I'll ask you the question anyway while you're gone. <laughs> Jake, what kind of cream yeah. rinse do you use? Uh, well, um, do you, are you, how do you, are you, do you want to go to the, do you have games aspirations or are you pivoting to being um, part of the HWPO uh, conglomerate? Are you, is that, it, it, like how, how it seems like a lot to be working for someone like Matt, who I know will expect a lot out of you and being a, a games athlete. We've had a couple people on the show who want, who work, who tried to help with the show, who want to be games athletes. And it's not, it's not, they can't even, they can't even hang in the show. Yeah. Um, I've always done something else as I've been training. And so I do have games aspirations. I want to make it for sure. Um, I've talked pretty openly about this, whether or not I want to make it and make it like a career. That's not the focus or the goal at the moment. The goal is just to make it. And to be completely truthful, I compete because I like to train so much, which I feel like is a lot of, is a case for a lot of athletes. I think there are more and more athletes coming into the space that compete because they want to be athletes and compete. Um, but I've just always really loved to train. And so, I'm going to train so much. I might as well go compete. Yeah. 
I kind of get that. That's what I think. That's how it would be for me too. I think there's a lot of people like in the jujitsu space. Like it's kind of more just a place to face your fear or use all the hard work you put in. Yeah. So I mean, I fell in love with the gym early because I I realized this in hindsight, but this is why I really enjoyed it. It was like hot chicks. Really, <laughs> no, I trained in my basement with a bunch of dudes. So. Oh, all right. Hot dudes. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, hot dudes. Physically, we were sweating a lot because the room was not that big. Um, it was a good spot to learn a lot of lessons in life that, like, you could mess up and really there was no consequence, right? There's The gym is a really good analog to life, especially if you're using it in a, a way where you're consciously trying to get better at things and you're you're putting an effort on specific things that, like, you have decided that you want to get better at. You learn a lot of life's lessons along the way there without having to learn them out in the real world. Um, so we got a lot of that experience. I say we, me and all the guys that I trained with when I was really young, were really good buddies in my area. And they were buddies that like we otherwise probably wouldn't have really been doing anything. So it gave us a space to do something productive with our time. And it gave us a space to like really grow together as a group. And so I still talk to a lot of those guys and all of them are still into fitness and it's probably the primary hobby that they have um so early on i just saw that it was a really productive thing to do and fell in love with with the actual aspect of chasing numbers and trying to get better at stuff but also with the people so i've coached at full range for the last six years and as far as like getting your push press better i don't know how much i care about that but if i can give you a really good hour of your day and we can have some type of productive conversation where you leave feeling better than when you came in like that's what I really like about fitness. I wonder why you haven't opened your own gym, and 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 I'm and I, and I think it's more than just what you're saying. Maybe and um because you went all the way to Dubai to compete. You know what I mean? Like if you were just doing local competitions, be like, yeah. But there's maybe I think maybe it is more serious than what you're alluding to. Uh, maybe I didn't make it sound serious. Like when I compete, I compete to do well and. I enjoy competing for sure. Uh, it's just not the primary function of my life. Right, right. And what would you get rid of if you, if it was your primary function? Would you get rid of like you have you have a girlfriend, right? Yeah. Would you keep her? <laughs> yeah. Do, do you live at home or do you do you live at home with your parents? No, I moved. So my parents are in Connecticut. I'm in Rhode Island, and I moved out after high school and never lived back at home wow just so people I know like i love my parents but yeah you and your mom are, you and your mom are crazy close right yeah my mom and i are really close so are my dad and i but have siblings i do 40 and 50 year old brothers oh shit old yeah. dudes like me <laughs> oh my gosh yeah 40 and 50 my dad's 74 <laughs> are you and an accident matter of fact when i moved out he was like hey uh i love you but you're never living here again oh shit <laughs> um wow so are you an accident no so i uh, different mom they're half brothers okay okay and how old's your mom 64 oh so your dad went for a younger woman yeah, good dude, smart dude. Uh, yeah, not not smart dude. When he was eighteen, he what? Had his first kid when he was eighteen. 
Yeah, that's nuts. So, so I'm looking at this map here. These are bas- they're basically neighboring states. I mean, Rhode. How is Rhode Island even a state? Yeah. So, <laughs> see where it says Hartford there? Oh yeah, right in the middle. Yeah. Right in the middle. Yeah. I'm a little bit above that. Bradley Airport. Okay. Windsor Locks. And 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 Fraser lives like up here somewhere. Like even like how far? He's like nor- way north. Oh no, he's uh, just a little uh, north of you. No, no, Burlington. See where that black dot is in the lake. In Vermont, in, uh, where compared to Montpelier? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. That's where he lives. Yeah, I'm going there today. Oh, and how long will the drive be? Four hours. Oh, it's not bad. No. How often do you go up there these days? I've been going once or twice a month recently. What's the like main purpose or function of those trips? Uh, it's different every time. Sometimes we're doing programming sometimes there's an athlete in town that we're we're training with and and doing stuff with whether it be building content or like they're just there to hang out um but it's different every trip. are I'm you right. super are you super excited to go up there like are you like oh i'm gonna go up there it's gonna be awesome there's a great gym up there matt's gonna be up there i'm gonna see sammy oh we're gonna make some like are you pumped like yeah yeah is the thing you would look forward to the most the food uh yeah i mean i really enjoy sammy's cooking so it's it's nice to go up there i like to cook a lot too so i eat well when i'm home as well but sammy puts a little extra love into her food have you ever said to her sammy i got this one uh yeah i've helped her out she's open to that yeah she loves help she doesn't give you the side i like i don't know about this i've seen matt cook i don't know if i trust guys in the kitchen no, no, no. She, uh, she loves help in the kitchen. Nice. How, tell me how you met Matt. Uh, through Sammy. So Sammy worked at Full Range years ago. Uh, and when I was kind of coming into Full Range, she was heading out. And I had taken over her classes. And so we just kind of became friends through the gym. And that was right around the same time that she had started dating Matt. And so she would bring him to the gym to train. Or just like, I remember he came and watched an open workout one time. And so our circle of friends are like, so Sammy, myself, you guys know Cooper. Cooper was at full range. Um, we all just were both. I, I, I always think of Cooper as a West Coast dude. Cooper's a East Coast dude? Cooper is an East Coast dude through and through. Okay. Yeah. He lives maybe, we should, maybe we should get him on here, Savan. I, I've thought about it. I think at one point he was scheduled to come on and something happened maybe. You should, we lived together for three years. No shit. Is yeah. he your agent? Yeah, and he's also one of my closest friends. <laughs> what a small he was your, world. You were you were his what, one of his first athletes, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so, but Matt's pretty guarded. How do you if you're just some dude who's at the gym who like who teaches classes there? How do you how do you um, build a friendship with them? Do you play hard to get? Do you make the first move? How, how does that work? Wouldn't you no, say that's uh, accurate? He's pretty guarded. Matt, I think yeah. people think that he's pretty guarded. You just got to talk to him. Oh, I also think that people often try to talk to, and this goes not just for Matt, but goes for anybody with any type of notoriety. They try to talk to him at the wrong time. Mm. I also never was like, oh, he's going to be my friend. Like we just, we were in the same room training. And so like any other human being, we would just chat and through that have become friends. We realized that we had a lot of similarities and we like 
enjoyed a lot of the same things. And so we just became buddies. Is it, um, I'm, I'm kind of curious about just your history of programming or like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, for, for him, it's like, I can get it. He, <clears throat> he trained under Bergeron. He trained, you know, he did his own stuff. He worked out with some of the best uh, athletes in the world for a while. Obviously you've had, have some experience, but like for you to be the guy that he's kind of consulting with on programming or trusting with some of the programming is a pretty big compliment. So how did that happen? Yeah. Um, so that's a question more for him where he's at with that. But my own experience with programming is, so when I started getting really into working out and started competing in powerlifting, the internet was a little smaller. And so I don't know if you guys know the brand Elite FTS. Sounds familiar. They're, equipment, they're an equipment company. They uh, similar to Rogue, uh, but they operate far more in the powerlifting space. Like that is their niche. They had a, a Q&A forum that was really active with all of the best powerlifters in the world. Like I'm talking the absolute best powerlifters that were competing at the time. You could go in there and ask them any questions that you wanted and they would respond because it was just smaller, right? Like the internet was a little bit smaller. You could talk to whoever you wanted. Like these guys weren't making a lot of money and didn't have a ton of followers. And so they were really open with the knowledge they had. So I spent a lot of time in there. I spent a lot of time reading books that, so Jim Wendler, like everybody knows 531, had all of his eBooks. Chad Wesley Smith, are you guys familiar with uh, Juggernaut Strength Training? Yes. He's one of the best raw power lifters in recent time. And we used to Facebook message back and forth. I, I was an annoying 14, 15 year old that would just pepper him with questions, but he would answer all the time. Um, and so I got a lot of mentorship through that online and I had a powerlifting coach pretty early. His name is Clint Darden. He was also a big uh, elite FTS guy and a really good powerlifter. And so I had a lot of mentorship there and learned the basic tenets of programming. And then when I moved to full range, Adam, Adam Milano and his wife, Alicia own four range together. And he started coaching me and he's not like a big name in the space. I was his only athlete that competed, but he was really legit and really good. Uh, and so I learned a lot through him as well. I, I want to show you this rig that they got. Um, do you do lap pull downs? Not super frequently, but if there's a lap pull down machine, I will. I want that. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I haven't done lap pulldowns in years. That used to be just the go-to. Now I just do pull-ups. I turn into a CrossFitter. It's all fucked up. <sighs> lap pulldowns are underrated. Machines are underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, I miss it. I enjoy it. I don't know if it's good or bad for you. I, I just really, really enjoy a hotel room, a hotel gym. With a lap Jake, pull-down. how would you feel about this? Like, You could become over-dependent on machines, but if you are training for like – functionality in general it's it is a way to supplement some of what we would consider crossfit training that's a little bit less stressful on the body yeah uh, i think 100 percent. i think that we look at i say we the crossfit community we look at what we do and we stamp functional on it as though it like directly correlates to picking up our groceries and there's like some correlation for sure picking up a kettlebell is a little bit more akin to picking up your groceries but being generally strong is functional, in my opinion. So if you're using machines to do that, I think that's fine. Especially if you're using them for bodybuilding and accessory work. Is um uh, th- there was is Mallory O'Brien part of the hard heart HWPO now? That's a good question for her. 
You don't you answer. I asked Hopper the same thing, and he wouldn't answer that question. You guys don't answer that question. <laughs> you should have her, her on. It's her personal business. Yeah, you should okay. have her on. I think. Let she'd me ask you. An Say that again. I think she'd give you an answer. You should have um, her on. Sousa, will you DM her right away and, and beg her <laughs> to come on, please? Thank you. I mean, we've been asking her for like eight months. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think we haven't. Uh, d- beg her again. Beg her again. It, she may even have me blocked. Um, <laughs> can any, Don't worry. Can any? Can anyone? Um, and anyone can sign up for the HWPO training. Yeah. You just the go flag, to the website. The pro is closed. The pro closed right after we opened. And, and how many people are in the pro? Can you tell us? Uh, I think a couple hundred. And um, is Mallory O'Brien one of them? <laughs> I don't know. You have to ask her what she does for programming. Um, and why is the pro closed? Just because you can only offer so many people the detailed uh, service that you're offering there? No. So pro closed because it follows the season. So the okay. other, if you went and signed up right now, you would sign up for flagship or 60 and you start on day one cycle one right okay. so and if brian was already in it and he was on day 30 cycle two like you guys aren't gonna link up okay. everybody starts on day one with pro day one was december 3rd or whichever day of the week that was but it was the beginning of december and it follows the season so it's written specifically for the crossfit season it's written as though you are somebody who's trying to either make it to the games like you're for sure going to go to semifinals and you're going to try to run at the games or you're definitely going to the games and so the way that it's written follows the season or you're just delusional like someone delusional could sign up like me right like i'm not going either but i could be like i'm signing up i'm doing it you could yeah so there was there was no vetting process it wasn't like an application you guys were like well yeah this guy did place this last year so yeah we'll let him in anyone who wanted to pay and was on time could do it uh, pretty much, but there was a, a list of standards. So it was, the oh. onus was on you to say. <laughs> right. But that was on me. If I looked at the list and I was like, well, I got half those, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You could, you could have signed up. Like it would say like, Hey, to get the most out of this program, you should already be proficient at the deadlift, have a six minute mile, like shit like that. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And when does that start again? When does that open up again? December 3rd of next year? Yep. Wow. That's fucking awesome. That's really cool. Is there yeah. are there any other programs that do that? Not that I know of. I'm sure there might be, but not that I know of. Man, that is awesome. Um, do you feel crazy pressure programming for all these people who are headed? All I mean, it, it's a mix of men and women, I assume, right? Yep. Um, do you feel any like? Uh, yeah, do you feel pressure? Just all you're managing no. this whole herd of bulls. No. Because if I write a workout and I look at it and go, well, well, one, Matt and I together are looking at the workouts and deciding right. whether or not they're good. Right. So if I pitch it to Matt and he's like, yeah, it's terrible, well, then it doesn't get put in. So there's no stress on me to be the one making that decision, one. And two, uh, if I am writing something, the odds are I would do it myself and I trust myself to program for me. And like I'm writing the we are writing the program in a way that it's written for guys like me and girls like me. So if it would work for me, it'd probably work for most of the people. And you're doing it. You're doing the pro programming. I don't mean like writing it. I mean, actually doing it. Yeah. 
dude, you, your life, is your life just awesome right now? Yeah, it's pretty hectic. It's funny. People used to be like, I'm so busy. I'm going, no, you're not. Yeah. I'm pretty busy. Yeah, I'm pretty busy. <laughs> and is your girlfriend cool? Is your girlfriend cool with all this? Is she happy for you? Or is she like, dude, how about some time? No, she's cool. Yeah. She's also super busy. So. Um, I'm how, sure how much at home and did nothing, then yes, but she doesn't. So. How how much um how much longer do you see the end of the road for your career? I know you're only 24 and you're young, but do you see like okay, this other thing is going to become like just overwhelm me sooner or later? For myself competing in CrossFit, yeah, I'll stop when I stop having fun with it. Okay, and you're nowhere yeah. near that. It seems like no. When it stops being fun, I'll be done. You, um, if shit like this keeps happening, you're just going to keep getting reinvigorated. Well, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, literally it's like you get a brand new car and then you got a lift kit on it and then you get tires on it. I mean, you are on kind of like some, from the outside, it looks like you're on the perfect trajectory for a CrossFit um, life. You started young, you have loving parents, you get, you, you're a good athlete. You get hooked up with Matt Fraser. Then you're in business with Matt Fraser. Then you're now 24 encroaching on making it to the games. You're friends with Matt O'Keefe. I mean, and then fucking you're on the Sevon podcast. It's like, holy shit, where can you go from here? I like that little cherry on top there, the Sevon podcast. Thank you. Thank you. This is the pinnacle. That's what he's trying to say. It's, um, just, it's just crazy. It's, right. it's like, it's like, it's just crazy. It's like the, it's cool. It's fucking unbelievably cool. Yeah. To be honest with you, to what's what are we 2021 or about to no we're 2022 end of 2019 i was done i was like ah what am i going to do to actually make money like how am i going to how am i going to in five years be a lot further along than i am right now Uh um and then covid kind of happened we got a break from the gym i got reinvigorated because i got some time away i was working full-time at the gym training full-time um, got some time away and then came back and decided that I was just going to compete again this year and see what happened. And then, yeah, things kind of fell into place. Matt retired. I told him that I wanted to do his program and then he asked me to test it. And then through that, we developed a relationship where he asked me to start helping him with programming and work for him. And yeah, so to look back now, two years ago, I was like going to be done with a CrossFit life as you put it. It's interesting you say that because <clears throat> I look at a lot of times I'll look at, you know, people, people like you who've been in the sport for six to six to eight years, maybe four to eight years. And I kind of look like, what is their what I'm really looking at is what is their competition history? And when I look at your competition history, I, I think that especially for someone who's as young as you are, it's a very responsible competition history. You're not doing five sanctionals a year, even in 18 and 19, when you were pursuing, you were still like motivated to try to get to the games before you had that little setback. Obviously you're back there now. And it's everything that you keep saying is just like, it seems incredibly mature for your age, the decisions that you're making, the way that you answer or don't answer questions, these types of things. Um, Is that true about like, like why'd you only do one sanction a year and where do you, and how come you have such a mature perspective on some of these things at such a young age? Uh, I think there's a few things going on there. One, I attribute a lot of my, like thought process in life period to the fact that I had older parents. Mm. Um, They were really, really level headed and they balanced each other super well. Like my mom was 
very soft and she wasn't on things that she shouldn't have been, but she was like very nurturing, very caring. And my dad was really hard and not hard in the traditional sense. Uh, I guess he was a little bit, but not unreasonably hard. He didn't use the buckle end of the belt. He just used the leather end. Just the leather. It was more his hands. But uh, yeah, no, he, he had a, a lot of really good uh, ideas on life and like hard opinions on things. Um, yeah, there he is. That's a pretty good picture of who it is that he is. Um, so I had some really good parents, fortunately. And then as I competed or as I started competing in CrossFit, like I said, I got a lot of my training background from powerlifting and Chad Wesley Smith specifically. I remember reading one of his articles and he was talking about not getting hyped up for every single lift you did And as a 15, 16 year old high schooler who's taking like crazy amounts of pre-workout that boggled my mind. It's like, why would you not do that? Uh, but he explains that if you do that all the time, then you've got no extra gear for game day. And so I kind of took that into competing in CrossFit. That's the three of us getting our Christmas tree. Hey, um, you have a you have a pretty uh, um, you ha- you you come across as having equanimity. You have a pretty slow cadence to your speaking. Yeah, you, you that you explained that well. That was a great question, Brian. Asking you explain that well. You're you were raised by old people, so you're chill as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that's the old people talk slower. They got their anger under control a little more. They like you know like. In an earthquake, an angry per- uh, old person just kind of looks around the room. You know, fucking sixteen-year-old fucking jumps out of bed and goes running outside. Like they're just chill. Yeah, they are chill. They're very chill. The, uh, you know, this the situation with your dad in particular is fairly unique. Like, not only do you, he'd already taken your siblings through like the total course of their childhood, and then yeah. so he was doing it like literally for a second time already with the experience of doing it the first time. And so many, you know, you talk to almost any parent. And there's, I'm just figuring this out as I go. He'd already done it all, had a chance to reflect on it even for a decade or something like that. And then you come along. Yeah. No. And my brothers and I, we talk about that a lot. Like all, each of our experiences with our dad was very different because he was in a really different stage of his life. So when he had my first brother, he was 18. And it was like everything was about just trying to set them up for success, like his family and himself. Right. He was my age. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and then when my other brother came along, he was pretty established. And so things were about balancing work and fun. So my middle brother, Jason, who I'm the closest with, is like a staunch skier. Skiing is oh, wow. is his number one thing because it's what my dad and him did together. And then by the time I came along, my dad was in a new phase of kind of his career. He's a carpenter. Uh, and so he was working a lot. And so for me, I think about my dad and think about work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we all have pretty Were you spoiled? Were you spoiled? No. Growing up, no. Yeah, like by the time the last kid comes along, I think I figure just the parents like, fuck it, do whatever you want. Well, my mom's first, so. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. And, and, then, and then being an only kid, though, can be a little weird, too. You know, because you don't get that um, that benign neglect. You know what I mean? You have someone like who, like she can give you all her attention. She certainly does. She's like yeah. pretty doting. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a it's kind of a running joke. Have you ever seen Have you seen Seinfeld? I have. 
Are you like pretty familiar with it? No. So Jerry's mom is always like, who wouldn't like you? Who? who oh. like? <laughs> There's that, that, that episode is a classic. He didn't like you. How, what do you mean he doesn't like you? How could anyone not like you? And it's just like, mom, exactly. believe it or not, not everyone likes me. Yeah, that that is is my parents. <clears throat> my mom. Yeah, that, I always get concerned if my mom tells me I look nice. I'm like, that's not a good sign. That's, that's, <laughs> you know, that's Why not? That's not a good so Jake, Jake, after this past season, like, you know, uh, 2020 was kind of weird. 2021, you actually had a chance to like go through the, the season up to the semifinals. You did okay there, I would say. 12th place is, is very respectable. You had a good quarterfinal performance. You obviously had a couple of, maybe not everyone knows, you had a couple of really good workouts at the semifinal and a couple of really low workouts, like bottom five workouts. Yep. Um, so what's that, like, what's the mindset for you? First of all, do you like the season format? Are you happy that it's unchanged for the most part this year, at least for individuals? And what's the mindset you're carrying into this season? Like as an individual, personally, as an athlete? Yeah, no, I do like the the season format. The open quarterfinals deal, I feel, is is a little bit of a pain just because. We talked to one other athlete who said that they wish there wasn't the week in between. That it was just the three weeks, the top 10% advance, and then there's like two more weeks after that. Yeah, I mean, well, quarterfinals was just a weekend, right? It, they could have just done it right after and make it four weeks straight through. You, fi- you have to figure anyone who's making it to the quarterfinals is going to be okay with that, and then it's less invasive or in, or of an interruption into whatever training they're doing leading into semifinals. I yeah, think they lose the fans it. during all of that. I just tune out after the open. I just tune out, and then I and then <clears> there's the semifinals. I think the fans all just tune out after the open. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of incentive for quarterfinals. There's also not a lot of incentive for the Open, if you know you're going to quarterfinals, right? I mean, Yeah, I, I feel like... Wait, I like, what do you mean by that? How would you know you're going to the quarterfinals before you do the Open? Well, Seven, let me just put this in perspective. I made the quarterfinals last year. Jake oh. is not worried about making the quarterfinals. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right, like, yeah, if you know you're going to the quarterfinals to compete for a spot at semifinals, you're not very worried about making quarterfinals. Okay. I'd put that backwards. If you think that you're competing for a semifinal spot, then making the quarterfinals is an afterthought. Right, yeah. That's a... That's a good way to put it. And then even quarterfinals. Like if you know you're competing for potentially a top five spot at semifinals, the quarterfinals is also another step that is not as big a deal. Now, that being said, anything could happen, right? They could throw out some crazy workouts that don't allow some really good athletes to qualify. But for the most part, under normal circumstances, that's the case. How many workouts are the quarterfinals? There were five, right, Brian? I, I think there were five, yeah, and then there were four at the last chance qualifier. Sometimes I get those confused. But I think they could do, like, I think they could make that transition from open to quarterfinals a little bit more exciting and better for the elite athletes. What I would like, what I think could be cool is if you have the three-week open and then the fourth week of what would be the open is the quarterfinals, like I said, the volume is not going to be an issue. Elite athletes don't need that two-week period in between. If anything, I think that they might have that there that buffer there for video review, but they need to tighten up that process in general. 
so that it's not you know this this big delay then they can make it exciting like going into the last week of the open they could have some kind of a show that says right now this is the cutoff for north american men north american women european men european women to get into quarterfinals if you're close to that bubble right now this is the type of thing you're going to have to do and then they could boom next week they could say up oh, quarterfinals are coming here's where the cutoff line is and then just feeds right into it the story tells itself yeah yeah i agree with you um, beyond little things like that, though, I don't mind the open quarterfinals, semifinals <laughs> game structure. I like it. Where do you do the Where do you do the quarterfinals at? That's just everyone does that shit in their own gym, and you have to film it and submit it. That's the whole thing. Yeah, last year I, I flew to Vegas to do them. Who did you do them with there? With Danielle uh, Brandon and Carrie Pierce, and yeah, the underdogs crew. And why did you do that? Because Cooper was going out there, and so oh, I just enjoy doing like qualify coop comes to any competition that i do so he'll be and a that, lot of the, and that's where i started the rumor i think that's why i started the rumor that you were dating danielle brandon yes i saw yes. i think i saw you there with her and then i saw you on a boat with her or on a on a yeah on a on a raft oh my jake are you the one that justin just tossed off the raft like a rag doll <laughs> yeah yeah, I am. <laughs> How was that? I would say the camera caught a vulnerable moment. Yeah, all like that. But yeah, no, he tossed. He was a wrestler. Like a, just prior a, to that, you were taking his virginity, and then all of a sudden, he bucked you off. If that's a way to put it, but uh, no, I'm pretty sure he he won the wrestling match out of everybody. But him and Tola were legitimate wrestlers, like very, very good wrestlers. Um, and so is Colton Mertens. I know you don't respect Colton, but that's I have no shame. I don't know. You're pitching us against each other. I have never. I met Colton maybe twice. They were both at Granite Games last year. I've we never were. met Colton. Um, we um, do you know the? Um, I apologize for pitching you against him. That that's not what I meant. I just meant to be funny. You're, that was not cool. I, I, I strike that from the record. Colton, uh, Jake loves you. Um, do you know the? Do you know the? Um, do you know the uh, what is it? is it called rodeo? The posi- the sexual position rodeo, sexual Not activity clear. rodeo. It's when you're having sex with your g- girlfriend or wife or significant other doggy style, and then you yell out like her sister's name, and then you try to stay in her for another seven <laughs> seconds. You never you never heard that that one. What? It just made me think of it when we were when I was just picturing you and um, just wrestling. Yeah, no. wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, actually, eight of the eight of the top twelve guys from Granite Games are competing at Wadapalooza this year. Eight, eight out of the top twelve guys at Granite Games are competing at Wadapalooza, and you were twelfth. So that's seven guys you got to hunt down here in Miami. If it weren't for those those bottom five finishes, um, well, that that what do you think about that that group of dudes at Wadapalooza? I mean, you're. I would figure all you guys are stoked. I mean, it's significantly more um, impressive than the women's <laughs> women's class. I mean, the men the men are going to steal the show right there, and you get to prove yourself. No, am I am I not accurate on that? No, for sure. I I don't. I again haven't looked at the men's or the women's field, so I don't know what they look like compared to. Well, women. you can pull up the Wadapalooza confirmed list if you want. I don't think he uh, will can. So you don't really care who about. you don't really care who the competition is. Is that is what I'm getting? Like you have to focus on you and and you. Yeah, I mean, especially for this one, I no, I don't care. 
It is a, it is a, it is a, I think it's a good field of men. I think it's a great opportunity for the guys that are competing there as a little like preseason check-in. How's the body going, especially for someone like you. And there's a lot of guys like you that made it to the semifinals and we're five to 10 spots away from making it to the games that haven't done any off season competitions yet or any big ones. This is like, okay, it's been seven, eight months. I've been working hard. I want to see how I feel. I want to see, even though there's guys that did go to the games that did compete at rogue, um, so maybe they haven't had a full training cycle like I've had. Where where do I stack up at this point? And uh, how's my train? Like it can be a good a good, like I guess that's it. Check in prior to the season. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm using it for. This is Dude, it's a, it's crazy. Alex Vigneault, Ricky Garrard, Tim Paulson, Cole Sager. Dude, this is a nut. Dallin Pepper, Phil Toon, Spencer, Spencer and Saxon, Vellner, Jake Marconi. It's it's a uh, Man, it's a. Did I say Jason Hopper's in there? Do you do you, do you see Jason a lot? Do you talk to Jason a lot? We talk every single day. You do okay. And does he does he get something more than he's more? Is he, is he a HWPO athlete? Yeah. And is he so he gets something more than just the pro? He's like yeah, it's completely personalized to him. Okay, and, and do you have any other athletes besides Jason? No. He's just the one right now wow interesting and do other people have other people approach you wanting that we i don't think we're like super approachable in that sense we don't put out a vibe like you can come to us and ask um so no we haven't had a lot of that certainly athletes asking for guidance for sure right right what's the relationship between hwpo and and justin madeiras like i know he's up there with you guys a bit yeah, I think it's just a friendship. Him and Matt are buddies. <clears throat> they drink podium together on, on, on Saturday nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they rip shots of pre-workout. Yeah. How do you how do you balance <laughs> shots of pre-workout? How do you balance the fact that you want to make it to the games with the fact that you're coaching a guy who's already been to the games? Uh so I'm surprised it took you this long to ask this question. Uh we have we've had a decent amount of conversations about this. So when Jason first came on, that was one of the stipulations is I was, I told you, I told him I was willing to be his kind of everyday coach. So Matt guides his programming for the most part. And I talked to Jason day to day and Jason and I have become really good buddies now, but uh, yeah, I am in a coaching role with him. And so when he came on, I told him that I was still trying to make the games this year. Um, and that I was willing to coach and be as helpful as I can to him as long as he was okay with that. And I asked him if he was okay with that. And I told him that I wouldn't be offended if he wasn't because that was a unique situation and he was, he was okay with it. And I think that the more that we've trained together and spent time together, the more okay with it he is. And we both are kind of, we're excited to compete against each other at Wadapuza and have some fun with that. I don't understand the question, and I apologize because you're like, uh, what? Give me an example of what conflict there could be. What are you saying, like uh, Brian, like that that there could like Jake's not going to give it his best to help Jason because he's his student, or yeah, what are the implications there? You're asking me to clarify that. Yeah, like I, I don't it, like. Is that what you're saying? Like, I mean, I've, really I've always thought that? it was. I've always thought it was. You know, kind of, kind of interesting. When there were, you know, 
originally when I thought of when I thought of CrossFit, I think when Glassman thought of CrossFit Games as a as a potential thing, he's like, man, these guys are all training all over the world. I know there's some guys doing the CrossFit.com program, and I know there's a ton of other guys who think they're the best guy on earth. They're doing their own thing. Let's bring them all to one place and find out. And obviously, that's evolved over time. And I think the first kind of uh, in- instances of this were Rich Froning with the different guys that kind of came through and trained with him. They might not say he was their coach. They might say he was a training partner, but really they were doing his programming. You know, anyone who's been to Cookville knows he can't, he walks in, he writes on the board, you do it and you go. And so it was easy Muhammad and Dan Bailey and these guys just cycling through that were his also, they were trying to beat him. They were trying to catch him. But I mean, did they ever really think they were going to beat him when he was beating him every day in training? I don't know. But did they think that maybe they could get to their highest potential by training against him, even if they never thought they could beat him? And so this has taken a totally different shape now, of course, with the evolution of training camps and the way people coach an an athlete. But it's very unusual to have someone say, yeah, my coach is Jake Marconi. And then the next week be on the competition floor saying like, shit, that's my coach in the lane next to me. Before you answer that, Jake, I want to ask you guys, I want to throw in one more thing. Is that the same thing as like Shane Orr training both Tia and Brooke Wells? Like there's some sort of conflict there or like? like that Shane wouldn't see them as equals and he'd be kind of like manipulating Brooke to be Tia's training partner. Like, like I, I still don't get it. Like wouldn't Jason, I, I, I don't, I no, don't get I how in the... so. I think that with, with Tia and Brooke, like their coach is Shane, right? Right. Tia's not coaching Brooke and vice versa. Um, I can see how from the outside, it looks like there could be some temptation to, to not give it your best, but it would be really hard not to like, it would take somebody who like, you'd have to be coaching somebody who doesn't have a lot of wherewithal to really mess them up. Right. Cause if you try to give, or if I try to give Jason something really silly, he would go, that's dumb. Right. Like <laughs> there's a, there's a fail safe in that sense. And then in the other, it's just, I was okay with it because in powerlifting, a lot of the guys coach each other. Right. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I wasn't expecting it to be something that was really an issue for you guys. Just kind of, you know, see where it's at. Cause I, you know, you could certainly see someone who is watching the competition and suddenly they hear a commentator say, and uh, you know, this is a, you know, we got lanes five, we got Jason Hopper and lane six. We have Jake Marconi who's actually Jason's coach, by the way. And people would be like, well, how does that work? You know, it's yeah. kind of I a mean, win-win for Jake though. Right. Saying- What's that? It's a win-win for you. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy it, and like, I mean, if you lose and he wins, it's like, yeah, I coach that motherfucker. If you win and he loses, you're like, yeah, I coach myself. It's like, (laughs) it's like having chips on red and black. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, now he's like a built-in, really good training partner, and we've become really good buddies. Yeah, he's easy. He's cool. What was it like with him and Danielle at uh? at um in Miami cuz when we had him and Danielle on the show there was it, man she she like really just she really just pokes him she's she do loves, you know what i mean by that loves poking him yeah does she do that to everyone or that's just jason just gets that i mean she was working him on the show that's jason working him dude he's just jason. he takes it well he takes it really well yeah um, he, especially from her but in Miami it was just like that they had just met we all just met i didn't know well I had known Danielle, but I didn't know Jason. And so 
the three of us spent a lot of that trip together, mostly just poking each other. He's um, how would you describe Jason? His personality. <laughs> he, uh, one of the first, I hope he's all right with me telling the story. One of the first interactions we had is I made a joke to him and like, it was definitely a joke that I said and was not sure if it was going to land or not. And he just looked over at me and he goes, we don't know each other well enough for you to say that. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, shit. That's awesome. I can't see him saying that. When I interact with him, he's just he's like a kid at heart. He's like a 10 year old. He's like that, a giant I mean, 10 year old. Yeah, he loves fun. It, being with him, hanging out with him. He like he'll look at things that you would just kind of pass by, like, and go, "Is that so cool? That's so cool. Let's go do that." Yeah, that's the kid in him, right? I don't know if you saw the story. This was a, it was on Instagram a while ago. Keith had put it up of me and him and Eric playing ninja. It's yeah, like I saw it. I saw it. Eric it's like ten o'clock oh, at night. Oh. We're supposed to be going to bed, and Matt and Sammy had already gone to bed, so we're trying to be quiet. And Jason is is tempting us to play ninja and he's doing like full do you know the game oh savant uh so you set up in a circle and you put your hands out and you try to slap each other's hands and so like once i slap your hand i've got to keep my hand where it's where it landed and then you try to slap my hand and if you hit my hand i have to take it out okay (laughs) and so we're playing this at like 11 o'clock at night because Jason really wanted to. He's a ton of fun to be around. Oh, and he plays board games and shit too, right? <laughs> yeah, he loves board games. He lo- he loves Monopoly Deal. You know, I've, I told him a bunch of times when he posts about Monopoly Deal that I actually created a variation of Monopoly Deal that I think is far better than the original game, and he never he's never pursued that. Just send, shut it down. <laughs> send it to me. Send it to me. I'll send it to him. What's what what's the photographer's Instagram? Eric Eric, how come I can't find Eric Castan Castano? Yeah, Eric Castanos. Cast, oh, Castanos. What's, oh, is this him? Does he have five thousand yeah, followers? Under- yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got that blurry picture. Oh what yeah. Picture? Like as his um as oh, his as uh his avatar. avatar. Yeah. yeah. Look how um, cool his dad looks. Oh, man. His dad is a legend. Yeah, his dad is. His dad looks like a movie star. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, totally. Yeah, he's good looking. When I looked at that, that's how I picture like I'm going to look like in five years. (laughs) You can only hope. (laughs) You keep doing CrossFit. Yeah, just keep dreaming. Uh, I'm doing more. I'm doing more. Oh, look, and he's got a picture of Josh Bridges in here. Have you met Josh? Yeah. Through through Cooper? Oops. Yeah, Don't look at those people. Oh, my goodness. I'm going through all sorts of crazy shit. I can't be showing you guys this stuff. What's going on here? <clears throat> Get me in trouble showing that last tab. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I apologize. Sorry, I apologize. That was all my secret research of the athletes leading into Wadapalooza. Oh my goodness! Hopefully, someone screenshotted it. I well, they can just—they can go back and just pause it. They can just go back and pause. It. Thankfully, I sent Seven all the uh, mostly irrelevant information and not the actual important stuff. 
And hey, I think I had anything you don't want. (laughs) That's good advice. I think um, uh, I had the names blocked out. You did. All right. I should have just clicked the the tab. It says Jew isn't a derogatory term. (laughs) Um, What what, was so you'll go to Wadapalooza and um, and then and then what's next for you? Then it's just buckle down and just focus on all all steam, all focus on the games like. That's it. Yeah, so I'll go to Wadapalooza, and then I've got to handle a move in the, the two months in between that and the open, or like the month in between that and the open. I'm moving up to Vermont. Oh shit! Yeah, so I'm in like Rhode moving, Island. moving. Like you'll get rid of this place. No, this place I'm in, I own, so I'll rent it. Okay. Yeah. But, but you'll move up. But you'll move all your shit out of there. Yes. You're 24 like and you own a place. Yeah. Wow. How did you do that? saved up that's crazy you and matt are like you guys both trained in a basement you guys both save you're both frugal with your money uh he would probably argue that i'm not frugal with oh. money. <laughs> that's a it's a sliding scale um will you mo- joke, actually every time we're on a trip and we buy something we like stuff so when we're at the coffee shop we'll just buy like little trinkets we always feel really self-conscious we're like what's matt gonna say when we get home daddy um uh so do you move into the property or do you just move in near him no i'm gonna move into an apartment hopefully in burlington like proper so in the little downtown area of burlington and then so you'll be there and is is eric there is castaños there i think he's gonna do a lot of extended trips and who else will be there besides you uh it, that's it matt and sammy is, is mallory going up there i don't know I, I, I genuinely don't know the answer to that question. You got got to catch him slipping, Brian. Got to catch him slipping. And then, and and you're moving up. You're moving up there is kind of is serious. It's like now taking. I mean, not that everything's not serious already, but it is. It's it's one more level into HWPO. For sure. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while. Most of the summer, really. Um, and it's just kind of taken till now logistically to make it happen. Have you worked on the barn at all? No, the, the barn that Matt has posted on his story a bunch of times. Yeah. No, I've been to it. I've never worked on it. Um, I, I watched that whole entire thing. Have you watched that whole entire thing? It's like fucking a thousand little, it's like little dots. Oh, 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 what is it like a story highlight of his? Yeah. Yeah. He's got it like saved and you can actually watch it. It's nuts. No, I've never watched the whole thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> nuts. It's not um, Brian to actually answer your question after the move or Savon, your question after the move. Yeah. It's uh full steam ahead for the season. And I've been doing a lot of traveling. So like I've been a little bit in the washing machine of just kind of training in different spots and, and not quite having my typical routine, which has been great to be honest, like as frustrating as it can be at times to not have your typical routine in training. It has like, broken a lot of habits and and forced me to change some things which is good um but it'll be nice to be settled in live in vermont full time that'll eliminate a lot of the travel because a lot of the travel has been to vermont which isn't that far but four hours in the middle of the week in a car is not my favorite activity so sounds horrible um being more settled in will allow for a bit more routine and training I know I'm, I'm nowhere near the uh, 
the level of the the games athletes. But I can tell you this: this this fall, I canceled all my trips just with all the craziness going on. I didn't want to deal with it, and so I've had the most, like the least interruptions in my own training this past since the games, basically that I've ever had in the last three or four years, and I'm getting way stronger. You know. Oh yeah. And it's uh, and it, you know, that's the thing that I need to work on. But I feel like that's that's a like it's a personal lesson for me, but it's a good lesson. That's like if you're watching athletes and you're trying to figure out who's going to be, who's maybe has a chance to make a move, make that jump in the year to come. Look at what they did for the last eight months, especially people who are so close in the semifinals. If you, if, if you go and look and you see a guy who's competed eight times since semifinals, I don't think he's going to do any better next year than he did the year before. No. But if I look and I see a guy who did zero or one competitions and I know he's been working consistently and, uh, I'm much more likely to see that guy. Keep an eye on that guy this year. Yeah. So you that brings it back around. You asked that question earlier about why I only did uh, like one competition of the year. And that was why. Is because for a long time, my weakness was strength. Um, and it just takes like uninterrupted training to get stronger. And so it didn't make sense to try to go around and compete a ton. I like how you said was. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly always working on it, but it has it has come along much further. That seems like to me that would be like the hardest thing to get your head wrapped around. Um, I, I mean, strength. I think that's the easiest thing to to get better at. Uh, but what I mean, get your head wrapped around. I mean, um, when you hit a wall, at least for me, you think that you can't imagine ever get doing more, like. Yeah, I think like, like someone hits a, a 410 pound. Well, someone hits a 400 pound deadlift and they're like, and they're 17 years old. And then when they're 25, they still have a 400 pound deadlift or it went down. You know, I mean, it just seems like there's a lot of that. Like people hit walls and they just can't. I mean, I've certainly had movements that that's happened to me in. Um, but the nice thing is that the path is pretty clear to get past that. Like hitting a wall in, say, ring muscle ups and your max is like, 20 that's a little harder to pinpoint exactly what's happening that you need to get better at or hitting a wall on your okay your metcons like there's so many variables that it's a little more difficult to say hey this is the thing i need to get better at and that path is less clear but when your back squat stalls out there's a hundred ways that you can bust through a plateau and like continue to program and train around that and even yeah, if your wow. back squat does top out right so say you Say you hit 450 and you can't go any higher than that, you can still get way better in that range below it, right? Your technique can get better. You can get stronger at cycling. Like maybe you can't squat higher than 450, but you can do 405 for way more reps than you were able to before, right? Like there's a lot of different variables in strength that you can continue to get better at. And I would argue that's that's going to be more valuable in in both competition setting and in real life application, you know, yeah, people are asking me all the time because I I have been getting stronger and people are paying attention and they're asking, well, when's your next test max? When are you going to max out next? Because obviously your new one or max is going to be higher. I'm just not worried about that. Right. Like that'll come when it comes. I want to move weight well. And if I can move more, like if I can move 185 well, instead of 175, well, I feel good about that. Yeah. We talk a lot about the, the goal in training is to move up your daily minimums, 
right? So like not your all time maximums, but your daily minimum, what you could walk into the gym and hit any day on whatever, a snatch or a clean and jerk or a back squat. If that's higher, like without testing your one rep, you know that that's probably going to eventually be higher. Hey, that's, that's, that's really cool. I can remember like being able to do, I don't know how many reps it was, but when I was bench pressing a lot, like in high school or in college, I remember I could, I never was able to do 225, but my 135 was be like 27 reps. And when I first tested it, like it was like 12 reps. Right. And even though my max never got better, like my 135 was crazy. And I was just beating dudes who could bench, you know, over 300 pounds with my 135 max rep. And I never fucking understood that. But that's really cool to hear you say that. That makes me feel I mean, better you about see myself. see a lot. And like, look at the leaderboard. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. I do move a lot of people. That's kind of the thing here in Providence. All of our friends ask me and another buddy to move them. Will, did you make that? <laughs> Wow, that's well. That is the best. That's the highlight of the uh, podcast, right there. Seriously, that is so good. Thank you. So glad I could help. Yes, thank you. Um, you see that a lot if you look at the leaderboard for take the CrossFit Open event every year. There's a strength event. There's strength uh-huh. class event. Never do the dudes with the highest one rep max win that event. Ever. Oh, well, it depends. Only in 2015, 18. <laughs> yeah, where they they had like the, the one rep after the Metcon, yes. But right. if it's any type of, of no, no, like when you have to earn the snatches, earn the clean and jerks, but there's a little bit of gymnastics or, or, or aerobic movements built in. Yeah, yeah, they don't win it. The strongest guy doesn't win it. No, no, no. That's like those are the workouts that the fittest will win. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and it's it's different, a little bit different sometimes for the women because. Tia is so, also so strong and so fit. Yeah, There's I think a couple the women's of field is so different than the men's field. Yeah. Jay, uh, I have one final question. Do you have, and then I'll let you say what you're going to say, Brian, and then I'm done. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about? What would you tell someone who wants to be a CrossFit Games athlete? Like, is that is that a is that just like anyone should try to do that? I asked Ben Bergeron the same oh. thing. Should no? Okay, good. Because I feel that way too. That not just everyone should be doing it to try to be an athlete. What what advice do you have for someone if they're, let's say, a sixteen year old boy wants to be a CrossFit Games athlete? Uh this is tough. I don't know. I would. It's hard, right? It is hard because they're like really hard. There almost needs to be more context, right? Like because there are some people that you would look at and be like, you just you're not going to be. And I think that there's a camp of people out there that are like, no, anybody can be anything. It's like, sure. But that five foot four dude is probably not going to play in the NBA. Like maybe, (laughs) you know, like maybe you telling him that he's not going to, is going to make him like go on this resent fueled journey where he's going to Rudy his way into the NBA. But for the most part, they're not. And I don't think the CrossFit games are are necessarily different in that case. Like if you're 16, I think it's too young to tell. I would tell them to train strength and conditioning for the next five years until they're 21 and not compete that often. And then once they're in their 20s, start competing. And you'll find out pretty quickly if you're going to have the ability to become a games athlete or not. I think that CrossFit is unique in that 
you have to be able to blend this this combination of strength and ability to to uh, do these conditioning workouts that are pretty absurd for even like elite athletes on either end of the spectrum, whether they be endurance or sprint or strength or whatever. <laughs> to have that full package, I think that there's a physiological component that you're born with or you're not. How about a mental uh, uh, issue? How about like a pathology? Like you have to have something like um, that you're servicing some issue. It, it, the example I'll give is with is with Fraser, uh, him selling the, saying that every morning he'd wake up and sell his soul to the fucking assault bike. Like I never do that. I'm terrified of that. That that vomitous feel. Like I never do that. Yeah, sure. But what else? What other things in your life? You were you spent some time homeless, right? Yeah. Totally different. What I mean by that is, is like, it's not like you, you put yourself into some level of discomfort. Right. uh, But, 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 but I mean, specifically around CrossFit, um, it's not just that you have to be strong. You have to be willing to go to this really fucked up place on the reg. Yeah. I I think that there are a couple things there. Like one people like that place never gets comfortable, right? Never. You're no, not like, oh, it's not so bad get, anymore. You can get familiar with it, but it's always right. pretty comfortable. And it also really depends on like how conditioned you are to that feeling, right? Like you can train yourself to be more okay with that feeling. You can also will yourself to go there. I think in the early days of CrossFit, guys were just willing themselves yeah. to go into this place that was just absurdly painful. I think now when people are peaking for a competition. So when we're training for a competition, like we are touching that feeling on purpose often to become okay with it. So I have a time. Did you see Sweeney's video? Like Sweeney went there when he tested that open workout. You saw that, right? I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking hurt. That make, I want to get nauseous when I think about going there. Do you see Vellner's comment about that? No. What did he say? Uh, Dave said, you know, this it's going to be painful. And Valner said, it can't be more painful than these announcements. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, that's this. That's the Daniel Brandon just prodding the beast. He's just like prodding the beast. Wow. Oh, my God. And you know Dave's going to respond to that shit. Okay, sorry. Go go, go on, Jake. So 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 when you – it's funny that you say a 5-4 because we had Ben Bergeron on, and I go, um, can Colton Merton wins the games? And he goes, how tall is he? And I go, 5-4. And he goes, no. And then and then in the comments, we saw Colton Merton's comment, we'll see. <laughs> Isn't that a great shirt too? We'll, Colton Merton. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, I think Colton – I've listened to your podcast with Colton. He's a good example of that. I don't – I have no idea how well – Colton can do over the course of his career. He's done pretty well so far, but he sounds like somebody who takes what people say like that and goes, all right, cool. I'm going to show you different. Feed the beast. It's Completely. Just a, yes. It's coal in the fireplace. Yeah. The more of that, the better for him. Jake, you earlier you'd said that, uh, you know, if you, if I see a strength limitation, I know how to address that. It's a little bit more tricky if it's a limitation within a Metcon. I'm sure that there's been periods over the last six, eight years that you've been doing this where you felt that about yourself. You're like, damn, every time there's this and this in the workout, I just can't seem to get it. Um, and I'm sure you see that with some of the athletes you're coaching now. Do you, do you, I guess I'm, what I'm asking is about coaching yourself compared to coaching other people. Like, is that something where it's, you think it's, it's easier 
if you saw Jason struggling with a certain, let's just say it's a certain couplet and you were struggling with a certain couplet, do you feel like you'd have more potential or success to maybe help him with that than you would with yourself? So there are a few sides. I think that I'm probably more willing to program something for myself that I'm not sure is going to work to test it. All right. Like I'll take bigger risks for myself because I can look to myself and go, yeah, I made that decision. Like no one made that for me, but it's, it's harder to program something that's going to be really shitty for yourself. Right. When you know, it's going to be a really, and even if it's not necessarily that painful, but even just like a frustrating combination, that's much harder to program for yourself. That's much easier to get from somebody else. So I didn't program for myself for a long time, for like four years from 2016 to end of 2019, Adam, who owns full range, he programmed for me. Uh, and we were pretty collab collaborative with it, but now what I'll do, cause I've been programming for myself for the last two years is I'll just go to somebody else and say, Hey, this is what I think the problem is. You write the specific pieces. Mm-hmm. That are specifically addressing that. Oh, give me an example of that. Like, hey, my running is lagging when I do thrusters. Um, give me a workout that fixes that, like that. Like yeah. that's the problem, and then ask them to fix it. Yeah. And um, is, is the problem with wow, this is awesome. And is the problem with programming for yourself? Let's say, let's say you want to do a Metcon and it's gonna be five snatches, 200 meter run, five rounds, okay? And and you'll choose a weight that you think is low enough so you can do the snatches unbroken but really you should do the snatches heavier and th there should be a hiccup in there but you won't personally give yourself that hiccup like yeah you won't add that extra is that is that where you start being a bad coach to yourself yeah it goes both ways right there are times where you over program it and you get in and you're like there are times where you over program it to something that is just not realistic and then there are times where you make it too easy and then there are times because you've had both of those experiences where it's programmed correctly and it's just really hard. And so uh -huh. you start going, is this over programmed? Should I, should I back it down? And then there are times where you're like, well, is this too easy? Should I, I bring it up? There's just a lot more questioning. Yeah. With itself. I typically like far out from a competition, those questions don't bother me at all. Um, so if I do a workout and I thought it was going to take me 12 minutes and it takes me 25 minutes because I over programmed it that's fine. Like it, it's neither here nor there. I can make that adjustment and I have a lot of time. A couple of weeks out from a competition, I just turn my programming over to somebody else and say, here, you do it. And you must have uh, a shitload of notes though, too. You must have tons of data. You're like, okay, I did Helen here and I doubled the running and I got this result here. I cut the running in half. I got this result. And so you can start like, you must have shitloads of notes. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Do, do all your athletes journal? Is that part of HWPO? Everyone has to be keeping their shit? Yeah, Jason journals a lot. And he's the only athlete, so then, yes, it's all of them. Right. Yeah, he, he puts some... Well, we don't know. We got to find... We got to get Mallory on to find out if she is. We're not... We're not... We're not... We're not sure if Mallory is or not. We got to ask her. Yeah, Jason is a, is a detailed note taker. Um, is he gonna move up to um? Is he gonna move up to um Vermont? I don't think so. Oh, he loves Greenville. He's got a good set up there. 
one of the first uh, podcasts we did with him, we asked him if he would ever move, and he basically said that's the uh, he that he's not willing to make that sacrifice. And at that point, I knew he'd never win the game. So I was like, all right, he's not. He's not. Yeah, but that might not be what's best for him. Like he might move and and having a uh, environment he enjoys less may make him worse. Right. I was just trying to say something in the podcast that would fuel him. You know, like Colton Mertens can't make it to the games. Jason's got plenty of fuel. Uh, do you have any any final thoughts for Mr. Marconi? Do you, what's your prediction? Will he finish in the top 20, Brian, at uh, Wadapalooza? We will, we will see. I actually haven't done um, really an analysis of the athletes compared to the workouts yet. I'm just – that's kind of a, on my list to do this week, actually. I have a, I have a athletes are there? Right now I think there are 43 men. So he's basically asking if you'll finish in the top half. But look, there were 13, there's 13 guys I think that competed at the games this year and a bunch of other guys that were really close. So it's a it's a good field. Definitely a good field. But I'm also kind of just, you know, there's a lot of international guys coming and so we'll see about uh, if if everyone's able to make it. Dude, there are some crazy names Brian on this list. There are some crazy names. Oh, yeah, Brian is smart. If he'd answered the question about uh, questions about Mario O'Brien, I might have answered that question differently. Oh wow! Good. Yes, <laughs> yes. Punish, punish the guest. That's good. Um, I don't think I, the list we have is is um not an official list. I don't think we're supposed to uh say anything, right, Brian? The one that you sent me. I'm not supposed to like just be like, holy shit! I can't believe this person is coming. You can you can do that. Everyone that's um that you would recognize has already been announced as competing. Okay. Well, Samuel Cornwaye is going to be there. Yeah, it's nuts. That's the one name you wanted to put. <laughs> I mean, well, I forgot him earlier. I mean, there's just all these crazy games athletes going to be there. Gee's going to be there. Um, uh, Dallin Pe- I can't. I'm excited to see Dallin Pepper compete. Who coaches like Dallin Pepper a lot? Matt Torres from Brute. Oh, that's right. That's what do you? Right. What do you mean you like him a lot? Is he a good guy, or do you like him as an athlete who could potentially break through? Oh, both. The guy. Yeah, he's definitely a good dude. Sevan was unable to uncover even a single skeleton in his closet. Yes. <laughs> he's like 20 years old and married. You're not going to uncover any skeletons. What are you talking about? There was right. nothing. It was, it was probably Sevan's most disappointing podcast, personally. No, he was. He, he, I, I, I like Dallin. I'm going to be a Dallin Pepper fan. I just, I need him something. I need, I need something to, I need a story of like how he pooped his pants in a competition or something. There's got to be something. <laughs> He's still digging. He hasn't given up. But do you ever? Do you ever? Do powerlifters poop their pants a lot, right, Jake? That's like a. I don't. Their nose bleeds a lot. I don't yeah. know. If they poop their pants. They don't. Okay. Did you ever poop your? You ever shart yourself in a competition? No. 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 All right. Uh, yeah. No. I'm sure I've come close. Yeah. I'll tell, well, I'll say this, Jake. If uh, I'm happy that you're competing again, I'm happy that you found that uh, desire. Because, I mean, I even remember watching you in the 2018 regionals and obviously very young then. But, um, you know, a lot of potential, a lot of in your good good training environment. So I wasn't sure with the uh, HGBPO stuff if you'd want to keep doing that. But I'm happy that you are. Appreciate that. Savon, do you remember 2018 regionals? You came up to me with, uh, uh, what is his name? McCoy. That was in Albany. That was in Albany. I, I remember I, I watched the podcast you did with uh, Christian Harris and is that guy the guy's named Joe? Yes. I watched that podcast um, last night or a couple nights ago and 
I heard you slightly mention it in there, and then I think I saw some footage of it, but no, I don't remember. What did I say? Uh, it was less you. It was more McCoy. You came up, and so that year, the only goal was just to make it to regionals. Right. Checking in, and I'm nervous. It's my first time. And you guys were like, you're going top five, right? You're going to make the games. Both of us were just accosting you like that? Yeah, and I think I said no. That's not the intention <laughs> at all. And you were really surprised that I had said no. It seems so aggressive. That hey, doesn't was, seem on par for you. No, not at all. I'm I'm a, I'm a very gentle soul. Um, is that uh was that just right at the entrance at the um like at a table? Uh, I was like sitting down and they were writing my number on my arm. Yeah, I remember hanging out there um where they were writing those numbers on the arm, and the number on your arm was kind of like your seating spot coming in there, right? So like whoever yeah. was one was like the best athlete. Yeah, that was cool how they did that. That was really cool. Do you miss the regionals? Yeah. I mean, I only got to go that one time. Yeah, they were cool. I, I don't want to say it's better or worse because I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. But, man, that, that was so great. Story I think they built more story around regionals. He didn't like He didn't like the way you talked about regionals. Somebody's breaking in. I'm on a podcast here, but you can, yeah, you can do that. Oh, that I think that's a maintenance. That's a like, uh, is that is that like condo maintenance, apartment maintenance? Yep. Do you, do you feel safe alone? Because I'm about to get off the podcast. Are you okay? Yeah, I know the guy's a good guy. Oh, all right, good. So, so what were your thought about regionals? It was what? Oh, more uh, stories about that, it. I think that the media was more centralized, and so there was more story built around it than there is semifinals. You know, when we had Snorri on the other day, he was talking about how much more CrossFit can do. And then I realized he didn't come on until 2016. Yeah. In the heyday, man, we, I feel like we wrote the, the, the book on how to promote shit from 2008 to 2015. It's going to, I have a feeling that there, I mean, there's got to be some evolution of that. And I, and I, on one hand, I feel like. Dude, it's only the buttery bros. They are the only fucking dudes out there who the, the this sport is so fucking lucky they have those guys. For all the shit I fucking talk about them, this sport the, without them there's fucking nothing. And their quality, they have no peer, not in the UFC, nowhere. Every fucking one of their videos is so fucking good. I want to go there and, and and like like the one they did. I was so disappointed in the one they did with Justin and Matt because I thought they were really going to compete, and yet I still watched the whole fucking thing and liked it. I was like, damn it. Not supposed to like this. I mean, it's it, yeah. Sorry, what were you gonna say, Brian? I I don't think it's gonna get better. The, 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 no, it there's no one better. at HQ doing that shit. Well, uh, there's no one promoting it. There's no one. There's no way to get to know the athlete. No, the stuff that the th and the other people in the space who are promoting it. Sorry, Brian, are, are promoting themselves. Like you? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> just, I just want a couple of Jake's fo of followers. There's everyone's just promoting themselves. It's just like at least from the beginning to the end, the Buttery Bros are pushing some sort of get to know the athletes better. No, I don't. I don't. I I, I disagree, man. I mean, okay, it, it took. Me it took no stuff like this. No, the, oh, there's, well, yeah, yeah, there yeah, are yeah. stuff. And there myself, are guys regionally. I'm on a whole other level. But no, and there are guys regionally. We've talked about life of Josie and what he's doing for the European athletes. Vicky okay. is doing stuff for the athletes in Australia. Okay. Fair, fair. And you, I mean, look, it was building to 2018 everyone knows that and then it was just the, the bottom was cut out and everyone had to just like find their life raft and figure it out and now for this this is the 
COVID was a problem. The response to COVID has been a problem and continues to be a problem. And I think that on one hand, people are using it as an excuse. That's a bigger, it's not, it's not actually as big a problem in this regard as it is sometimes painted to be. Um, but I, th I think that if this structure or is, if, is like the backbone and there's just minor tweaks year to year for the next two, three, four years, that there will be people who realize that there's a big opportunity to tell more athletes stories and more stories about the season's progression as a whole than we were when we had last year or maybe even this year. These yeah. people I mean, that lost the whole year in 2020. That doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, yeah. It's so fucking expensive to do. Like, so I apologize to, to Josie um, uh, and uh, and Wiki. Like, you're right. They are they are doing their part. But to, to do what – this shit has to be subsidized by CrossFit if it's going to be back to where it was before. To Like, like someone needs to be at Jake's house and see that all he has is polka-dotted underwear because it reminds – you know what I mean? Like, like there's there's no one doing that besides – How's that the, for research, Jake? There's, there's no one doing that besides the Buttery Bros going out to eat with these people, sitting down with them. I mean, this is I – mean, this even this is just a poor man's just shit show. This is just like we got some software and we call people. I mean, there's no one else in the space. It's easy pickings. It's, it's just like everyone's like, okay, cool. I can get on a fucking podcast and fucking help promote this fucking thing and push it forward. I don't know. I There should be a constant, constant story going – all year round of just the athletes. It should be a series, like the embedded series of the USC. This should just be constantly going. And and the thing is, is that people will watch anything because there's so little shit. Yeah, especially if it's quality content. Yeah. But even if it's not quality content, I mean, it's like you become desperate. I don't think UFC's embedded is really that great. Each one is just the same shit over and over. But I'm a UFC fan, so I watch it. But like, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's the deal with CrossFit too, right? Right. CrossFit fans will watch it if it's about a CrossFit athlete, no matter right. what. Right. I, I, but I do think the Buttery Bros keep pushing it. Like, I don't think their shit is stale. It's not, it's not my cup of tea. It's a little too much Pee Wee Herman for me. But, man, it's fucking good. It's like there's movies that I don't like that are still amazing. Like, I always use Requiem for a Dream as an example. Like, what a great movie. I'd never fucking watch it again. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> or, like, scary movies. Stuff. I like. Do you watch? Go say ahead. that again. You watch all the Buttery Bro stuff. Right? I don't watch it all, but if but like if I'm going to have someone on the podcast and they've been with the Buttery Bros, they're my go-to guys. Like yeah. that's where I, I'll start doing my research there. But I don't watch it. The the this this I I get uncomfortable. I get I get uncomfortable watching them. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm watching Pee Wee's Playhouse. Like I I like I get a little um embarrassed for them sometimes. It's just just me. It's my own shit. It's my own issue. But like, but, but every time I watch it, I'm never, it's like the whole half hour blows by and I'm like, holy shit, these fucking dudes are amazing. I'm never yeah. like, they do. And then he turns around and his kids are doing that litter box move. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, fuck. And my kids can do the litter box. Yeah. Like they can do it. Fine. 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 And they, and I know them also. And like, they're like, we were talking before their, their talent and their hard work is like, like, like you were saying about like all these guys, wiki life of Josie, like no, no one's. These are people don't realize how hard these people work. What Heber and Marsden are doing is not easy. No, like not even. There's no, there's no glory. Their life is nothing like it looks like in the video. They, these motherfuckers grind. Yeah. A lot of, a lot yeah of out, I was with them in Utah a couple of weeks ago. <coughs> All yeah. You're, yeah, you're done eating the pancakes and you go home and these guys go home and start editing. It's like thinking Matt L Fraser and Tia's life is this. Yeah. It's not, right? No. 
Yeah. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, it. Well, um, if you talk to Mallory O'Brien, will you just give her a little nudge? Be like, hey, those guys aren't so bad. I won't do any, like, she's young. I won't do any, like, rodeo jokes or sex, sexual position jokes with her. I'll be You're chill. pretty tame. I expect you to be less tame. Well, you're pretty chill. You're pretty chill. It's like talking to an old guy. <laughs> I think that's a compliment. I'll take it as such. It is a compliment. You're going to be a good dad someday. Hopefully. Uh, Brian? That's it. All right. Peace. All right. Thanks, guys. So I need to keep this open for a minute. Kick, kick ass. I don't think so.